has been said that, which is true, it's not easy being a father. And uh, I tell you, like myself, I got my own children. I've got 11 grandchildren and three great grand. So, you know, I've been through it. And uh, for the young people, young men, stay in school. Honor your mother and father. May your days be longer. Now, that statement there is true. Obey. That, that go for school, too. Obey your teacher's rules. Yep, so uh, I'm going to credit Shout and be uh, stay in church because the church will help you. And the parents, stay busy in your teaching because <laughs> I know it's not easy, but you've got to watch your kids. You've got to watch your kids' company. Because they can be led in the wrong direction. That's why the parents should step in, stay behind them, watch their company, tell them about the do's and don'ts. And I think they'll come up being a better child. That's all I have to say. Thank you. To answer the call question, yes, I got a little book here. Now we're going to go to chapter one. <laughs> but uh, uh, as Brother George saying as Carlton has said, um, it is tough being a father. So what I have some word of encouragement is that don't give up, don't get in, but trust in God. Because if you do that, you'll never go wrong. And uh, as I think about that, uh, I think we need this after saying all that struggle we had with getting these flowers on. <laughs> and life can be frustrating at times. <laughs> But uh, we're going to talk about uh, why we go through what we go through in life, why we go through that. It's a test. And the definition of a test is uh, take measures to check the quality, performance, or reliability uh, of something, especially before putting it into widespread use of practice. Now, what that say to me is that whenever God puts us through a test, he's trying to make sure that we feel with the right words that's coming out of our mouth, that once we, you, he put, elevate you to be an example of him, that he's showing, you're showing the picture that he wants us to see, and that's why he's going to put you, that's right before he blesses you and puts you in widespread use. So that means you're going to go out and either bless your finances, blessing your family, or either blessing you to a point where people are going to be looking at you. And it said, how to handle the test, I went to James 12 and 5, and it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall, when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing that that trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entirely wanting nothing. So that means, right, when you get ready to take that test, don't take it at the time of, of down or to be challenged, but to be encouraged because you're going through that test so it can work its perfect feast and that you'll be at that point where you'll be wanting nothing. And uh, the encouraging part of don't get up, don't give up and go in, it's a purification process that you go through. It's just, and we're going to talk about real quick. I don't want cards and giving me that look. Don't do, don't send me, me up here. <laughs> All right, we're going to go into Zechariah 
13, uh, 13, 8-9, and this is talking about the cleansing fountain. And it says, And it shall come to pass that in all lands, save the Lord, two parts within therein shall be cut off and die, but that third part shall live therein. And I will bring the third through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is dry. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is mine. So as you see, he cut two people off. They were cut two parts off. They were they should they were cut off and die. But the people he decided to hold on to, he put them through this process so that they would know who he is, who his name is, and they should call him his name. And so I was curious. I was like, what is the civil purification process? Because I didn't know. So you read it in the Bible, but it says the process involves heating crushed ore on a porous bed of bone until it melts. The lead and other impurities are absorbed into the bone ash and the molten silver is drawn off. So what that does in that purification process, they put it in the fire till all the impurities are burnt off you. All the things that God don't want that, that don't need to be in your life, that's weighing you down. That test, that trial, that fire that you're going through is going to burn that off. And then we're going to go over to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, 6-7. And it says, wherein you... Greatly rejoice through now for a season. It need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith bringeth much more precious than gold that perish, though it may be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at appearing of Jesus Christ. So basically it's saying you're going you're gonna go through this, but that reward when you get to that aside is oh my God, it's worth more than anything you can see on this earth. So that's to encourage you. There is an end to it. And the reward for enduring that test is gonna be far better than anything you can get here on earth. And uh as I think about this, I think about uh I don't know how many track runners we have out here, but I used to run track. We have what's called the four forty. Uh, or the 400, 444 if you're older, that means it's one lap around the track. And I would tell you, start off strong. The first 100 meters of that, you're going strong. You're feeling good. You hear all the cheers. You're encouraged. And then you get to the back stretch. It starts slowing down just a little bit. But you're still, you're still going. You're still going. But it's the furthest you are away from that finish line is where you feel the most. We used to have a term in track called a bear. When that bear jumps on your back, that bear can be the heaviness of life. It could be your problems, your situation, whatever. And at that point in the race, you got to make a decision. Either I must dig in and I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to push on through to that finish or I'm about to give up and I'm going to slow down and the life's going to pass me by. So that's when I think about this in the world of track. And I think also I'm bringing back to the time when you're driving. When everybody goes through a thorn, if you're on the interstate, it's one thing about it. If you keep, you may have to slow down driving, but if you keep pushing, you're going to eventually get through that storm and see the bright. But if you stop, then you're going to catch every brunt of that storm because it's going to sit there and it's going to hit you and it's going to hit you until it's done. But if you stay strong with God and just keep on pushing through, staying encouraged, not giving in to it, you're going to make it through there to the bright sunshine. And now uh, we're going to talk about trusting in God. Uh, we're going to go to Psalms 118 and 8. And it says, it is better to trust the Lord 
than to put your confidence in man. I, if you never, if you live today, you know that man will let you down every time. It don't matter who it is, they're going to let you down. But when you put that trust in God, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will always be there. All right, we're going to go over to Matthew 6.25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what, or nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Going on to Psalms 4, 37, 4 through 6, says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth the righteousness as the light, and thy judgments as noonday. So it tells you right there that if you delight yourself and trust in God, he's going to give you desires of your heart. So what this is encouraging you today is don't stop right before you get your blessing. Don't stop five meters before the finish line. Keep on pushing through. Keep on pushing through. Don't let that storm of life catch you and beat you and pound you. Keep pushing through with the word of God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then, and I, one thing I like about this, one thing that's important to me is consistency. Are you going to be the same you were this day that you were 10 years from now? And let me tell you about my guide in Hebrews 13, 8. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means if he's going to protect you this day, he's going to protect you that day. His word never changes no matter how bad your storms are, no matter how rough your life gets, he'll be there. And then uh, Joshua 1, 9, it says, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thy dismay, for thy Lord God is with thee, whithsoever thou goest. So no matter where you go, no matter what you go through, God is there. You just got to keep on calling, keep on pulling, and keep on drawing closer to him so that he can see you through. And it's the last one. Um, this is just encouragement for our father. When I think about a father, it says the father is the head of a household. And when you're the head of the household, you're the foundation of your house, of your family. But if the enemy can get you as a father, as a man, and if he can shake that foundation, that house started to fall apart. So even more so, you have to be strong for your family, strong for you, growing closer to God so you can firm up that foundation and make sure it's a solid foundation no matter what storm, no matter what trials and tribulations come, you're going to be with, withstand that. And I was just thinking about uh, what came to mind was the, the theory of multiplicity, which is, say, my house, I have, there's three people in my house, my family total is five. So that means it's me, myself, and four other people. If I shake two of those other people and I fail and they fall with me, now they say they have five people. Now we're up to ten people that have been shaken and taken away from the word of God. So if society will minimize the role of a father, but I want to encourage you that you are the foundation. You are what holds it together. You are the ones that, that you have the eyes on you. So stay strong, stay encouraged. Don't give up and don't give in uh, to whatever's going on. And the last one I have is Genesis 18 and 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon to Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So make sure, fellas, gentlemen, 
uh, and everyone really, just make sure we stay in that word so that we can impart that knowledge on our family, on our children, and sure up that firm foundation that won't break. Amen. Amen. I know it just wasn't me, was it? I said, look at Miguel. And he hitting y'all with the scripture, so I hope y'all had y'all pins. So you can go back and check, you know. You can solidify what he was talking about. I like how he talk about that test, you know. Uh, you know, we talk about the real in here. You know, our bishop, she don't sugarcoat anything. And she always keeps it real with us, you know. Uh, everybody want the glories behind the test, but don't nobody want to go through the test. You know, like he say about that. Go ahead, yeah. Like he say about that storm, you know. We all deal with storms. We all have things going on in our life. There's nobody here that's not going through something. Thank you. I mean, at this moment, Thank you know, but when he said it's what you do when the storm is happening is what makes the difference on the back end. Okay, so we thank you, Miguel, for those encouraging words, and it was very well put together, so we appreciate it. All right, so I'm on the list for words of encouragement, and um, – I ain't got no book, but, <laughs> and I don't have any scriptures, but, uh, you know, God works with us in different ways, all right? So sometimes, a lot, I know, don't nobody know, but my wife know, but uh, sometimes I have things that come to me, I write down, you know, they could be stories, poems, anything, and uh, I know y'all don't know that, but I got something here today that was put on my heart to give to y'all, you know, uh, I'm a I'm going to let y'all know why it's encouraging, and just, you know, just take it in and think about it, all right? <laughs> so, this is actually called, I Didn't Pray Yesterday, and this was written by me, Carlton Wallace. <laughs> okay. My eyes open from an uncomfortable sleep. The house is oddly quiet, not a sound, not a peep. I think of the things that I have done knowing I should repent, I walk through the house and notice an unusual scent. I walk in the kitchen to see what's going on. That's when I notice no one is home. I can hear my mother saying, son, did you read your Bible? I remember saying, yeah, knowing I was a liar. My mind begins to wonder, what the heck is going on? So I run back to the room to grab my phone. My eyes book, my stomach turns. The sight is too much to bear. How am I standing here, but my body is there? Darkness begins to fall around me. My feet begin to sink. I have one final thought. It would be the last thing that I would think. I didn't pray yesterday. So don't get scared, because we talk about hell in here all the time. Y'all know what y'all got to do. <laughs> y'all know what y'all got to do, right? But my words of encouragement is make sure that no matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, you take time to give God thanks, repent for your sins before you lay down, because you don't know if you're going to get back up. Amen. All right. All right, I'd like to thank